This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hey, welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. I'm Alicia. And this is Stacy. Thank you for joining us today for my tale of marital misadventure with a bit of a country twang thing going on this week. Yeah, Stacy, you're bringing us the final and complete really, really for real. Probably Billy Ray Cyrus and Tish Cyrus have apparently third time's the charm, charm. for their divorce now. Third time down the divorce aisle where the metaphors just get all weird here. But anyway, we've got that story for you. Before we begin the show, we do have this magic mirror here with so many names I see. Who gets all the trashy thanks this week, Stacy? around this place? Thank you for joining us at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. John M, Samantha M, Heather C, Rebecca S, Kimberly W, Kathleen R, Susan G, Nashia H, Heather J. Hey, I got a few more names here in this magic mirror, though. We're not done. I want to give a big shout out for the very kind reviews to Trashy Divorces. Thank you. Thank you so much, Miss Law, Jess, and DeGanstein. We really appreciate that little bit of love to the podcast. And oh, oh, one more name. Yeah, big shout out to our newest Trash Panda, Katie in Alaska. Welcome. We are so glad to have all of y'all in the Patreon family and the Trashy Divorces family. Don't forget, friends, we've got our live virtual show less than two weeks away, coming for you Thursday, February the 16th. Stacy, how does everybody get tickets for that? Grab your tickets at moment.co slash trashy divorces. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're planning a few different scandals and surprises for you. Sure. Valentine's Day decompression session, that trashy show. But we have an episode to get to. Let's get these kids together so we can bust them up. Time to go, go, go. Stacey, you're bringing us a divorce, I think, that's been a long time coming. Yeah, probably so. Alicia, your RFK Jr. episodes definitely gave me an achy, breaky heart. And with the return of Miley Cyrus to the top of the charts with her breakup bop, Flowers, it's being called an anthem by some, I figured this was as good a time as any to turn our attention to her parents who formalized a reportedly two-year-long separation last April with Tish Cyrus, filing for divorce from Mr. Achy Breaky Heart himself, Billy Ray Cyrus. It was actually the third time in the 28-year-long marriage that the couple went so far as to file papers seeking to end it. But each time they reconciled after walking right up to the edge, this was in 2010 and 2013, If that sounds messy, just understand messy is a great way to describe the origins of their marriage as well. Goody. I suppose it only makes sense. Hey, let's meet our contestants today. Huzzah! Billy Ray Cyrus, who I believe was actually born William Ray Cyrus, part of his signature is, or his uh, handwritten name is visible on one of his, one of his many divorce filings over the years. (sighs) Oh. Yeah, TMZ has a picture of it and it. It's William. Okay. He was born August 25th. Virgo man. 1961 in the town of Flatwoods, Kentucky, just up the road from Ashland. His dad, Ron, worked in a steel mill when young Billy was a boy. 
And when he was a little older, his father got himself elected to the Kentucky House of Representatives. Oh, wow. And held his seat uh, until he retired 11 terms later. Yeah. Holy cats. 1996 was when Ron retired. By, you know, by the time Ron got to the state house, though, Ron and Billy's mom, Ruth, had divorced. Or Ruth Ann. This is the South where we often use... Everybody's got a lot of names. Yeah, it's Billy Ray or Billy in in the press. Well, it depends on how mad your mom is at That you. is exactly it, right? So Ruth or Ruth Ann, if she was very upset with her son, I'm sure, was, Billy Ray, you get over here. That's That's how that works. Okay. So uh, Ron and Ruth, or Ruth Ann, had divorced. Billy was like five when that happened. His whole family, though, I think it was a pretty sprawling Southern family, probably lots of cousins and all that. Um, They were musical, gospel, bluegrass. I mean, it's Kentucky, you know. Lots of singing at church. His grandfather was a Pentecostal preacher. So just, I mean, the music was everywhere. So his father was part of a gospel quartet called the Crownsmen, and his mother would play bluegrass piano for Billy and his older brother, Kevin. Kebo. He was a quiet kid, Billy was, by most accounts. But, you know, teen years being what they are, he developed a bit of a rowdy streak. Oh, we love a rowdy streak. By high school, he was playing baseball, football, lifting weights, which would contribute to the physique that helped make him famous. Uh, There were rumors when he first broke big with achy breaky heart that he had been a chippendales dancer oh really yeah oh my not true but it, it anyway so he was a good enough athlete in high school to get a baseball scholarship to kentucky's georgetown college and this was all well and good until one night in his junior year when he caught a neil diamond concert that changed his entire life in a flash he understood what he was supposed to be the year was 1982 and 20-year-old Billy Ray Cyrus went out and bought himself a guitar. The next day, he and some friends had formed a band called Sly Dog. College was over. Destiny beckoned. Good times never seem so good. (laughs) All right, well, Destiny, it turns out, was beckoning more slowly than Billy might have hoped. Old Billy Ray. In 1984, the little band, which was growing like a regional following you know everything was going pretty well until a fire wiped out all of their gear no billy ray would not be giving up on his dream and he headed to los angeles for a while earning his living by doing session work in studios and selling cars and as a chippendales dancer and as a chippendales obviously (laughs) obviously he didn't feel like things were headed in the right direction for him so by 86 he was back in his old kentucky home putting Sly Dog back together, and marrying for the first time. Ah, young love. Mazel to Cindy Smith, who would be Billy Ray's wife through 1991, and with whom, I mean, it doesn't sound like she actually co-wrote the songs, but she has writing credits on several of the songs on his debut record, which was a smash hit, and I'm sure left her quite comfortable. This also, it should be said, had a messy start. The pair met at a bar where Sly Dog was playing in a town called Ironton, Ohio. They were headquartered there for a bit, and they were playing this bar on the regular. So, you know, he was sharing intense eye contact with this cute girl in the audience for, like, a couple of months before Cindy finally sent Billy an adult beverage on stage one night, and they got to talking after the performance. One night led to another and to another, and fairly spontaneously on a hungover or possibly still drunk morning when they had 
veered off the highway on the road to Nashville to end up like in Pigeon Forge or in that area. Billy Ray and Cindy decided to go get hitched. Well, sure they did. They headed down to a justice of the peace on a whim and got her done. Aww. How spontaneous was this, you might ask? Billy Ray said this years later. Well, he wrote this. Looking back, the funniest part of the whole thing, hard as it is to believe, is that I wasn't certain about Cindy's last name. Oh, my. I'd heard her use Smith or Lewis, but now she was officially and legally Cindy Cyrus. Convenient way to work that out, I guess. Details. Pish posh. It's not that hard to see how that first marriage fell apart. (laughs) Billy was fanatical in his pursuit of success in the music industry, frequently getting himself to Nashville to knock on doors, hoping for a record deal with a label. He went back to L.A. to try his luck there. And if you're wondering what that luck looked like, one story has it that he was briefly living in his neighbor's car. Maybe his own car was too small. I, Maybe the neighbor's car had a shower, a little kitchenette. Don't know. There's your determined Virgo, though. Fair. But the sleepless nights, which often apparently included company that was not Cindy. And- in the car? Oh, I don't, I don't know about oh, that. Oh my! <laughs> maybe, maybe he needed that bigger car. Bigger, yep. Maybe it was a van, mattress. I don't know. Anyway, but the sleepless nights, the struggle years, all of that did eventually pay off. Grand Ole Opry star Del Reeves gave him a boost by recording one of his songs and introduced him to a, you know, a good, well-known manager in Nashville. In 1990, an executive at Polygram Mercury caught him opening at a Reba McIntyre show, and finally, eight years after Neil Diamond sent him on an unexpected journey, he had his shot to break out. Billy Ray Cyrus was not going to throw away his shot. Nothing like overnight success that takes a decade. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. But his marriage to Cindy was another matter. By the time 1991 rolled around, the demands of the job and the extracurriculars he was very much engaged in including what sounds like a fairly serious affair with a woman in Nashville, made things untenable between them. If you're curious how that might have come about, uh, check out this amazing passage from his memoir called Hillbilly Heart. Quote, Cindy and I had different schedules. And this, by the way, was written in like 2013. So this is like two decades later. He's had plenty of time to reflect and still wrote this. Cindy and I had different schedules. I'd sleep in the morning and get up around three or four in the afternoon Then I'd hit the gym and wait for Cindy, who got home around 5.30. She'd make dinner, we'd eat, then she got in bed and I'd go to the Ragtime, the bar where his band was the house band. Oh my god. She'd make dinner after being at work all day, and I've been asleep, and then hit the gym, and now I'm going to go play music and drink beer. Wow. Mm -hmm. All right. (laughs) Hillbilly heart. Mm -hmm. Basically... The story he tells in the book is that he came home very late one night. Like, it was actually the the morning after he was due home. Sounds right. You know, he's, like, pulling up toward the house, and he spots his besuited neighbor hopping into his own car to go to work. It was that early, you know, six, seven in the morning. And found that Cindy had helpfully piled everything he owned onto their lawn. Oh, good! (laughs) This spawned the song, Where Am I Gonna Live?, which um, he gave Cindy a writer's credit for. Uh, it's great. As well as the song, She's Not Crying Anymore. Oh. The song, Some Gave All. These are like big, big, big hits from his first record. There also was also written in this period before 
before the marriage was like fully, fully over, like he convinced Cindy to take him back for a while and he tried to kind of tone down some of his excesses, but the wheels were pretty well off. I mean, what about your shit on the front yard indicates that we're D-O-N-E. Yeah. Well, like he's, his shit's in the front yard, but he looks in the window and his cat, oh no, he would lose in the divorce, is staring out at him like you are such an idiot. (laughs) You screwed up, man. You screwed up. Can you imagine what that poor cat has gone through in the last 12 hours of Cindy piling all his shit up to get it out in the driveway? Like that poor cat probably was like, you fucked up, dude. Yeah. And you've made my last 12 hours really terrible. Very stressful. Cats love change. So, all right. Please continue that poor cat. That's a great visual. So Mercury Records had finally signed him upon hearing the song, Some Gave All. So he and his band were holed up in a studio in Nashville when they weren't gigging in Kentucky and West Virginia. And like, there was a lot of, he he really was living out of his car in a meaningful way in this period. So it's this awkward period where everything is happening, but it's all happening very, very slowly. Because the label took months to mull over the songs and figure out what was going to be on the debut record and in what order and what the art should be like and who should shoot pictures, like the whole, the whole corporate Nashville machine thing. Right. But they also had a surprise for him. There was this song written by a guy named Don Von Tress and the label thought it would be a perfect fit for Billy. It was originally called don't tell my heart, but this would become achy breaky heart. And he loved it from the very first listen enthusiastically welcomed it both to the album and the band set list. Apparently they worked it out on stage at the bar that night and it just like immediately started to take on a life of its own. Yeah. You could not get away from that song in the early nineties. Yeah. It was everywhere. So, you know, the band is still the house band back at the ragtime in Huntington, West Virginia. And this is where Billy Ray first became acquainted with Letitia Tish Finley, a former model who had been dragged to the bar by a friend who thought she'd really like Billy. While he kept waiting for, like, you know, he's got a record deal. Like, it's all gonna happen. Gonna be a star. Any day now. In October of 91, (laughs) while still in this weird limbo, Cindy filed for divorce. He says it was an amicable split. He, you know, he was convinced. He was on the cusp of superstardom. It turned out he was correct. So dirt poor though he might be in this particular moment of his life, his solution to a divorce settlement was those writing credits for Cindy. Fantastic. Could have gone real bad for her, but uh, it it worked out. So it was also kind of his way of apologizing for all he had put her through during their, you know, relatively short marriage, like what did the cat get in the settlement though is the real question. The cat got a mom with steady hours who could be counted on. For those opposable thumbs to open those canned foods. Right. Yep, yep. Right. Not a carousing itinerant musician who's going to forget to feed him. Yeah. Anyway, Mercury Records settled on a marketing strategy that worked far, far better than anyone probably actually hoped, even in their in their deepest heart. Rather than do the traditional thing of releasing a single ahead of the release of the album, instead they shot this 11-minute line dance instructional video. Line dancing, right? Like country line dancing. And they shipped this to like every cowboy bar and country-themed dance club in the country. Oh my. And Mercury 
hosted a nationwide line dancing contest <laughs> for the dance that became known as the Achy Breaky. Wow. It was, as the kids say, a bop. And suddenly, Achy Breaky Heart was the most requested song on country radio before it had even been released. That is just incredible. The video for the song launched in early March. The album, Some Gave All, didn't come out until May 19th. So they had like a couple a couple of months there to just, for Billy to be out doing shows, which suddenly were like sold out shows. And he's going on, you know, country music television programs. He's on country radio. Like he's he's doing the stuff to make this a huge launch. And in fact, this album debuted at number one on both the country and pop charts, which is something that had never happened before it's incredible. In American music. It, it's one of, if not the um, best-selling male debut or debut by a male artist. Wow. Yeah. Nine times platinum, I think. <sighs> like you could not get away no, no, from no. any of that. And it was polarizing. I mean, it's just a fun, it's like silly and fun. And yeah. it was super polarizing. And a lot of people in country music were really mad. If you don't understand Achy Break Your Heart, I just don't think you understand. Well, like Travis Tritt said that uh, he was reducing... Con- Billy Ray Cyrus was single-handedly reducing country to a butt-wiggling contest. Oh. <laughs> so Kurt Cobain congratulated Billy Ray Cyrus backstage at, a, at an event by saying, like, cool, man, you pissed everybody off. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right, so here's how People Magazine <laughs> laid out these events in October of 1992 in a piece written by Steve Doherty. Right now, though, on a splendid morning in August, Cyrus is standing in his cramped second floor, one bedroom, $500 a month Nashville walk-up. Those were the days. 500 a month for housing. Illustrating his money plight with a sight gag. I don't have a dime on me, he says, shoving hands deep into the pockets of his stonewashed jeans and turning them inside out. Not that he's worrying. I don't need a lot of things, he says. I'm just thankful for going through what I'm going through and just glad to get to ride the ride. Doherty continues, maybe, but the rush seems to have nearly knocked the wind out of him. I'm really tired, he sighs. During one of the rare moments of relaxation he's had since his career was detonated by a three minute and 23 second song with a corny title and humongous hook. Uh, Doherty continues, achy breaky heart, a Don Von Tress written raucously riff with the title line lifted from George Jones's 1962 classic, Aching Breaking Heart has made Some Gave All the only debut album ever to top Billboard's country and pop charts simultaneously. So far, the album has reigned at number one on the pop charts for an astonishing 16 weeks, sending Cyrus's long, unnoticed career into a dizzying soar. Further down in the piece, uh, Doherty writes, Cyrus, who recently paid for a new security system for his ex-wife's home, and is picking up the bills for his mom's dental work. Quote, when I see her pearly whites shine again, I'll know I've reached a goal of mine. Aww. Is facing other responsibilities as well. In April, Kristen Lucky, a 23-year-old South Carolina ex-waitress whom Cyrus briefly dated, gave birth to his son, Christopher Cody Cyrus. Mm. The singer paid the medical bills and now is paying to support the child, whom he has seen several times. I love this baby son, Cyrus says. His mother and I are friends, I respect her, she respects me, and we created a beautiful baby together. Last week's tabloid reports that a Kentucky woman is pregnant by Cyrus have not been confirmed, but manager Jack McFadden says, Billy Ray knows the young lady. <laughs> I mean, no wonder he's tired. <laughs> right. It does sound like he does find some time to relax, though. And McFadden speculates, 
If it is proven to be his child, I know he'll stand up to his obligations. It's a very, wow, Southern. All right, so the article also includes the detail. that I love this. Uh, so it includes the detail that among the mementos in this like little cramped apartment were framed letters from various celebrities that he had received. Aww. Johnny Cash, Tom Cruise, Dolly Parton wrote one. And this Doherty writes, it includes the, the line, I'm sorry if I stammered and stuttered when I met you, but I'm just like all the other girls these days, just a little older. Ha! No. It's so Dolly. <laughs> and they, of course, have become very close. And uh, Dolly is Miley's godmother and, like, they're good friends. Yeah. But back to that report about the Kentucky woman. That's Tish. Oh, and congratulations, that, Tish. That baby who was born Destiny Hope Cyrus would eventually become Miley Cyrus. I know her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Billy became convinced during the pregnancy. And he was he had fallen in love with Tish like the... That was who he wanted to be with. So he became convinced that their baby's destiny was to bring hope into the world. No pressure. And so destiny hope. (laughs) But when she arrived from Go, like she was the super smiley baby. So they just, they called her Smiley, which became Miley, which stuck. So, you know what? This is a great spot to pause. Hear from our legendary sponsors. We're coming back to get these kids together. Yeah, we're going to meet Tish. Yeah, it's the whole thing. See you on the flip. All right. We got Billy Ray. We got Tish. We got Baby. Sure. Let's bring this family together. As we shall. So Letitia Tish Finley joined the human race on May 15th, 1967. Taurus girl. Oh, great. Right. I think she's five, six years younger than than Billy. Okay. I think she was born in Nashville. The details are a little less uh, Googleable for her. Uh, She was married once before she met Billy. Her first husband was a drummer, so there's a type. And they had two kids together in their relatively short marriage, 86 to 89, I think. So Brandy and Trace, both of whom were adopted by Billy after they got married, uh, were part of the package deal when she and Billy got together. Oh, fantastic. Miley joined the family, Destiny Hope, in November 1992, by which point Billy had already acquired a big log home on seven acres. He would buy adjoining properties and acreage over the ensuing years. And eventually, like, I think they've got like a 500-acre spread outside of Nashville now. Yeah. He and Tish married in December of 1993, apparently against the record label's wishes because he was so popular with the ladies. Oh. The guy does, like, I don't know if he does now, but at the time, his routine was like 500 push-ups a day. He was lifting weights. Like, this is why they thought he was a Chippendales dancer. Mercury Records was getting phone calls from, like, factories saying, you need to get that video pulled off the air because I can't keep any women on the floor when it comes on. Oh, my. So after they married in December of 1993, uh, Baby Brazen, which is not spelled this way, but it was named for the brazen choices that Billy Ray had made throughout his life. He really does have an interesting nomenclature Mm -hmm. for naming children. Mm -hmm. Joined the family in 1994, followed by Noah in 2000. So this little crew would spend a few years figuring out how to be a family while Billy Ray's music career continued to run at a pretty good speed. Like there were some ups and downs along the way, but successful country artist for sure. And dips into gospel and just living his life. He would prioritize downtime when he could. He was trying very hard to create a two-parent household for his kids, having been informed by his own experience of his parents' divorce. 
by the end of the decade, he was getting his feet wet in acting. He was in like Mulholland Drive. He had like a very short role oh, in a David Lynch movie. Yeah. Eventually, he would star on the show Doc on the PAX TV network. It was... I'd forgotten all about right, that. wholesome, like heavily Christian themed. He's a doctor, you know, uplifting stuff starting in 2001. In 2005, baby girl Miley Cyrus, who 13, I guess, at the time, was cast as Hannah Montana in what would turn into a smash hit of a show. Just, this must have been a generational touchstone for for people of a certain age. Anyway, the show premiered in 2006. The family relocated from this, you know, big forested patch of Tennessee out to Los Angeles. They got baptized before they went because they felt like they would be under siege from dark ah. forces every day of their lives in Los Angeles. Okay. It's, sure, sure. It's, it's a worldview. Where, it turns out, things ended up going kind of poorly in the long run, at least from a family perspective. Great for Miley Cyrus. Like... Tish took over managing her career, ended up like producing the movie where she and Liam Hemsworth met, her future husband and then ex-husband. Great professionally in a whole lot of ways, but from a family perspective, it it took a huge toll, uh, particularly on Billy. So he co-starred on the show with his daughter. Tish was managing. In 2010, tabloids reported that Billy Ray Cyrus had filed for divorce in Tennessee, citing our very favorite... Irreconcilable differences. Now, one thing about this pair is that they have now cited irreconcilable differences in three separate instances across more than a decade. But apparently they did manage to reconcile some of the stuff a couple of times. Anyway, this is the title and subhead of a GQ profile of Billy from February of 2011, written by Chris Heath. Mr. Hannah Montana's achy, broken heart. Hmm. These days, Billy Ray Cyrus's life is imitating a bad country song. He's headed for a messy divorce. His record company just delayed his latest comeback. And his cherished 18-year-old daughter seems destined to rip bong hits at every party in the USA. (laughs) No wonder he's muttering about the end times. It's bleak. Uh, they're They're at his Nashville acreage and he's just sitting at the table like my kids did their homework here i mean just it's it's poof anyway so this is kind of what he had to say about hannah montana and the show's impact on the cyrus clan so heath asks do you see the show as a big part of what has made things not work in your family and he says oh it's huge it destroyed my family (laughs) i'll tell you right now the damn show destroyed my family and i sit here and go Yeah, you know what? Some gave all. It's my motto. And guess what? I have to eat that one. I some gave all did all right. I some gave all (laughs) while everybody else was going to the bank. It's all sad. Oh, Billy Ray. (laughs) Uh, So Heath asks, do you wish Hannah Montana had never happened? And he replies, I hate to say it, but yes, I do. (gasps) Yeah, I'd take it back in a second for my family to be here. And just be everybody okay, safe, and sound, and happy, and normal would have been fantastic. Heck yeah. I'd erase it all in a second if I could. Wow. And just, like, snip your daughter's career off. Like, that that was her launching pad. I mean, she... For sure. Had a built-in audience from the time she was 13 years old. Like, incredible stuff. There um, had also been rumors that Tish perhaps had been stepping out with uh, Brett Michaels, the lead singer of Poison. Brett Michaels acknowledged knowing the family, but denied the affair rumors. Who knows? 
Apparently, Tish had been a big Poison fan, and the first rock show that Miley saw was Poison, presumably brought by her mother. In any event, the irreconcilable differences were apparently reconcilable enough. By May that year, Billy withdrew the divorce, telling The View, I want to put my family back together. Things are the best they've ever been. I feel like I got my Miley back in a way. I feel like we are the daddy and daughter that we were before Hannah Montana happened. Then, in June of 2013, oh, no. Tish launched her own divorce petition, this time in <laughs> Los Angeles. She wanted primary custody of their youngest, who was still a minor at the time, as well as spousal support and attorney fees. This one was withdrawn about a month later, and in 2016, People Magazine caught up with Billy Ray to ask how it is they make their marriage work after, like, you know, a quarter century almost, and two close calls at divorce. I have so many questions because here is what Billy Ray Cyrus said in 2016. It's like everything in life, says Billy Ray, 54. You take it one step at a time, one day at a time. I think one of the most important things in life and in a relationship is you make adjustments. Life is a series of adjustments and you just try to do the best you can. Like if you're going to park your car in a parallel spot and you start backing up and you don't quite fit in, you have to back it up a little bit. But barring any unforeseen catastrophe, if you make the right adjustments, you will get in the spot. That's about it. Life is a series of adjustments. Inspiring words from this Billy Ray Cyrus. Bard of country music marriage is like parallel parking. Wow. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, he's... There's kind of a point there. Tish was a bit more eloquent in 2017 when she appeared on Bravo's The Daily Dish podcast, saying, Marriage is hard work, and I think a lot of people, when you go through struggles and difficult times, that people throw in the towel a little too easy. And I think that any relationship, whether it's marriage or family, it doesn't matter. You truly do have to take care of it and nurture and really work hard at relationships. And that's not always easy, especially in the business we're in. She would go on to say that she was proud that she and her husband had weathered storms in their marriage and come out together. We've publicly gone through stuff and made it work. And I'm so glad we did because our family is so strong and so amazing. I'm blessed. That really drives the point home. And not into a parallel parking spot. We're going to squeeze in one last break for some sponsor messages. And we're going to come back and hear how it went down and speculate wildly about why. Third time, not as lucky. Back in a minute. All right, Stacy. now this time they're finally, finally doing it. I think so. I think, I think, I think it has concluded. So we're going to jump ahead a bit. And then we're going to do some calendar math to jump back because we're time travelers. Time travelers for divorce. Okay. Something we famously excel at, by the way, is calendar math. <laughs> anyway. It's one of our real strong points. <laughs> In April of 2022, last year, Us Magazine reported that Tish had again filed for divorce, again citing irreconcilable differences. This time she also asked for a restraining order related to marital property, meaning Billy Ray can't sell or hide jointly owned assets. Interesting. Yeah, you wonder if that's just an overzealous lawyer or if something was discussed. Curiously, the filing includes the tidbit that they'd been living separately for the last two years, which of course puts us right back to the early days of the pandemic. You have to wonder whether they tried to quarantine together and realized they couldn't, or if perhaps she was quarantining in California and he was on the spread in Tennessee and they realized they kind of preferred things that way. They just stayed there. (laughs) I mean, the kids are all grown up. 
Sure. So Billy didn't have that internal judgment about providing a two-parent household for, you know, young kids, like healing that for himself. Miley had become a huge and frequently controversial pop star, but, you know, contrary from the 2011 GQ piece, it doesn't seem like Miley's handlers were, like, shoving him out in front of the cameras to handle every misstep she made. Like, that was... That had been one of the things that really upset him over the run of the show is because that was kind of, I guess, his role on the show. But he was never her manager, and he, he wasn't supposed to take the flack when she had, like, two suggestive photos taken when she was too young or was ripping bong hits at her 18th birthday party and posting uh, videos of it. <laughs> other other things that make a dad feel good about life. <laughs> So yeah, Miley Sandler's were not making him deal with his 30-year-old daughter's issues. Well, no issues. need he should. Right. In 2021, before there were any public announcements about the marriage ending, Billy Ray released a new song called New Day, featuring vocals from Australian singer-songwriter Fire Rose, one word, who we have since learned is his fiance. Yes. The two of them first met years ago on the set of Hannah Montana, and at 34 or so. She is four years older than Miley. Tish has had some big news of her own to share in recent months, though. It turns out that she's been dating actor Dominic Purcell, uh, best known for his role as Lincoln Burroughs on TV's Prison Break. God, I love that show. Back in the 2000s. I liked it, too, uh, since at least November. And I have to hand it to her. This is the statement that Tish gave to Us Weekly when it broke the news that she and Billy were divorcing. And it's a good statement. I love a good statement. And it's possible she tipped Us Weekly off, right? Like it's possible this was her her PR strategy. But she writes, It is after 30 years, five amazing children, and a lifetime of memories, we have decided to go our separate ways. Not with sadness, but with love in our hearts. We have grown up together, raised a family we can be so proud of, and it is now time to create our own paths. We will always be family and look forward to a continued and loving shared experience as friends and parents. We have not come to this decision lightly or quickly. You don't say, Tish. (laughs) Or quickly. (laughs) But with so much going on in the world, we wanted to provide some clarity and closure so we can remain focused on what is important. With love and hope, Tish and Billy Ray Cyrus. Well, that's nice. Yeah. I mean, that's really relatable. Mm -hmm. You have... A couple who's raised a family, yep. done the thing, and you wake up and you were at a certain age in life and it's like, we're not the ones yep. anymore for each other. Yeah, it's I mean. really relatable. Yeah, like when they met, he was playing in a bar band and she was going to bar band shows in rural Kentucky mm-hmm. and now she's in L.A. producing movies. But three decades of mm-hmm. love, I mean, and memories that yep. all really is. Yep. Yeah, sayonara, I'll buy my own flowers. I'm done with this part of my life. Yep. But all of that is, it totally makes sense. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that they, they'll buy their own flowers, but they have other people to buy them flowers now. So in terms of trash cans, I mean, let's go with lots of achy, breaky ones that have all been smashed by a wrecking ball. Yes, I'm mixing metaphors. That, friends, is the three-decade-ish-long marriage and divorce of Billy Ray and Tish Cyrus. That was incredible. Long time coming. I mean, eventually, at some point, we felt it was all going to come, but congratulations for the two of you and the new paths you're forging in the world with your hillbilly hearts. (laughs) Well said. And we do have a spider eggs coming up for uh, Patreon listeners on the Patreon feed. Yeah, stay tuned for that. Stacy. Yes. Really, really well done. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for 
that one. And thanks all y'all, Trash Pandas, for spending your time with us today. If you want to add a little bit more into your trashy journey, don't forget you can check out patreon.com for early and ad-free episodes and bonus episodes too. I'm super excited this week. Andy Bellotti Mm. from Astrology with Andy is coming back for the Aquarius edition of Andy in the House, where we explore a natal chart of one of our trashy divorces profilees this month, our Aquarius profile, Lana Turner. Oh, wow. So excited about that one. I'm going to be back Wednesday with a brand new trashy divorces for you. And don't forget, Tickets for the virtual live show now on sale. Yeah, absolutely. Go to moment.co slash trashy divorces and grab yours. That is uh, February 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun and surprises. Always something hopping around here. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you on Wednesday. Until then, keep those hands clean. Keep your hearts trashy, your hillbilly hearts trashy, friends. Big love, everybody. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at TrashyDivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at TrashyDivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at Patreon.com slash TrashyDivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear want to advertise with us reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information and last but not least come play with us on social media i keep most of our trashy divorces instagram hopping stacy and i share it up over on facebook including our trashy divorces podcast discussion group come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening keep it trashy y'all